Defense is a cybersecurity company providing wallet infrastructure for Web3. From banks to gaming studios, developer teams rely on their decentralized custody network to build seamless applications and deliver smooth experiences for crypto. Defense develops a custodial wallet-as-a-service protocol for developers to build on top of highly secure cloud environments by leveraging MPC, ZK-based cryptography, and modern networking technology. Defense is today able to decentralize custody in a unique fashion. This episode with Clarisse Ajej, co-founder and CEO, is a deep dive into Defense's own definition of security and freedom when protecting crypto assets and how the company executes to strike the right balance between the two. Let's get right in. In this first part, we delve into the world of defense and its custodial wallet-as-a-service solution. Clarice sheds light on the technology behind defense's unique solution and highlights the key differences from traditional wallet solutions. We explore how defense ensures the utmost security of its custodial network, safeguarding users' valuable crypto assets, and discover the diverse range of organizations that can benefit from defense's decentralized custody network, as well as the various compelling use cases. So, so defense is um, is is really a, a developer tool. I, I like to to even go to be more special spe- specialized and 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 call defense a, a key management service service based on MPC. So we're MPC KMS really. This is what we do, uh, and we we differ from the other player in the MPC in, in in several ways. But the first one is in the is in the positioning we chose, right? So we're first and foremost a developer tool, and we built our product for developers. So What was very important in our mind is the developer experience, making sure that the APIs we put to the market were uh, um, easy to comprehend, easy to interact with, uh, but also buildable. What it means is that everything is programmatic on defense, right? You never need to interact with a UI to be able to change, for instance, permissions and control to interact with your wallets. Everything is done at the API level. So I would say that's one of the biggest difference. Now we can also drill down to other ways of uh, uh, differentiating ourselves from, from our competitors on the MPC implementation. But I would say high level, it's the really our product positioning, which is, which is quite different from, from the other players. Well, the way we decided to actually uh, uh, implement MPC um, is, is quite unique because our view is that we're about to onboard, you know, thousands of developers into Web3, and not everybody will have a strong blockchain background. Not everybody will have a strong cybersecurity background, right? And so what we really wanted to do is completely manage uh, or abstract away the, the complexity of managing a private key. Most of the MPC player today, what they do is that they operate the, the what we call the, the DKG, the, so the distributed key generation, between two parties, either between themselves and their clients, right? Usually that, that's how it works. Meaning that the users, the developer on the other side, is left with key shares to manage. And this is the type of user experience we wanted to avoid. We didn't want people to have to think, oh, I generate a wallet. That means I have a private key. I have key shares to safe keep, right? Even that complexity, that puts you in a position where you need to actually think, all right, where am I going to put those key shares? Do I leave them in my phone? Do I need? Do I use an HSM? Why would I upgrade the security? Do I need to be concerned? And so all these questions we want it for, for, to be completely uh, uh, taken away from, from our, our users. So 
Basically, we implement MPC in, 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 an, in a distributed peer-to-peer uh, -peer network that does two things. They have two missions, uh, um, operating what we call the, the DKG, so it's the, gener the generation of the asset, and, and doing the signing, right? And so pretty much every time this network receives an API, a call, API call, it answers that API call. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a dumb network, right? The only function is to safekeep uh, the key shares and make sure that it responds to API call. That way, on the other side, on the client side, you never have to know who deal with any private key material and that's really kind of the, the, the user experience we wanted to, to achieve. So being a developer tool, uh, we decided to target first um, crypto startup, crypto scale-up, so, so people building um, uh, user experience on top of Web3 and people trying to reach for mass adoption or before mass adoption just for a broader, uh, um, a broader audience than just the native crypto audience, right? Uh, and so today when you look at our client base, uh, most of the use cases we've, uh, we have are actually pure crypto use cases, about 70% of our clients uh, uh, have developed crypto use cases and among them we have exchanges, OTC brokers, treasury management platform, um, staking, uh, staking labs, uh, we have tokenization platforms, so it's, it's quite large what you can build on top of us, right? And the 30% remaining are NFT use cases where we actually have mostly uh, marketplaces, um, uh, um, NFT uh, uh, infrastructure solution that are developing uh, easy to um, easy to uh, uh, onboard solutions for, for instance, the gaming industry. So we're really purely on the infra side, on the NFT side. So we also have uh, a few games who kind of fund us, but we didn't really market our product uh, towards uh, towards that segment specifically. Also, we get into the benefits that Defense's wallet infrastructure offers to developers building Web3 applications, ultimately enhancing the user experience in the crypto world. So first and foremost, we've built a, a product with, um, uh, that is very programmatic. What it means is that you can do everything at the API level. We built Defense thinking that uh, most of the use cases that would, were going to be built in the future were no longer pure investor use case, right? So when crypto started, everybody was focused in delivering tools for investors, for them to actually invest in crypto, for them to manage their investments, right? Uh, and, 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 and what was uh, uh, for us uh, um, very... Um, very important was to actually uh, bring to the market a tool for builders, right? Uh, and so moving away from this pure investment use cases, when you're thinking about, all right, the, the use case we're gonna onboard are several, it goes from payments to, uh, you know, payments and remittance to uh, loyalty programs, to uh, interacting with uh, user engagement, to tokenization, then, really the raw product you can offer is the best APIs to enable developers to uh, create the user experience they actually need for their use case, right? So we were very laser focused for the past three years into uh, building only our APIs. We actually have a dashboard that still has a beta on top of it uh, because we kind of forbid ourselves to touching the, the dashboard. We have a rule at Defense, which is never improve the dashboard 
in a certain way that we would compete with one of our clients that could be building on top of us. Uh, so, so really all the efforts and, and all, all our resources have been poured into our API. And the result is that one, uh, where we, we, you know, once again, everything is programmatic. Two, uh, we uh, can enable um, uh, organizations to develop compliance and approval uh, workflow at scale. Three, uh, we are extremely fast as well in integrating uh, um, uh, new assets. So we commit to our clients to integrating a new asset under five weeks, a new token under a day, and that enables people to, you know, decide to build one day on Stark and the next day to move to you know another chain, right? They they're not binded by their providers and, and that was something that was very important. And four, uh, and it contributes to, to the USP of the product, uh, is also a pricing model. We needed to actually uh, have a, a pricing that enable builders to, to have a, a predictable cost, right? So building a SaaS solution uh, was uh, extremely important and not actually basis, uh, basing our revenue on, on, on basis points over the assets under management was something that was extremely uh, clear for us to, to, to uh, make sure that the developer experience around our product would be, uh, would be, uh, would be great. Looking towards the future, we discuss the trajectory of decentralized custody and how defense is poised to lead in this rapidly evolving space. We also get a sneak peek into defense's upcoming projects and initiatives that will have a profound impact on the crypto ecosystem. When you look at the history of custody, what's very interesting is that even you know thousands of years before Christ BC, uh, at the Sumerian age, um, uh, you always see, um, you already see, sorry, um, uh, political um, um, efforts to actually appoint a third party to be able to uh, uh, custody, to be able to uh, be that neutral party between <laughs> two others uh, uh, um, uh, in an exchange of value, right? Whether it was lending against grains, uh, 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 you know, even the most primitive, and then you, 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 you go down the history uh, uh, with, you know, you arrive in, in the Renaissance, where actually the church at some point was also involved as that first part, third party. Uh, anyway, so, so pretty much the, 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 the hundreds of centuries that we have behind us, it, it shows that there's always an history to you know, make sure that you have a third party that you can trust, a trusted party uh, that will uh, pretty much guarantee that your funds, uh, that a trade uh, is safe and, and, can be, uh, uh, and can be executed properly. History also has shown that all those third parties continuously failed, right? So whether they've been corrupted uh, because the organization uh, have been corrupted from the inside, whether they failed uh, at their job, Fast forward to pretty much Lehman Brothers, this is an history of custodian institutions that have failed, right? And so when we started defense, to me, there was something that I couldn't wrap my head around, which was, all right, we all operate on decentralized technology to move away from this model. Yet we take our private key, we put it in a centralized device with centralized third parties. And to me, that was kind of a ticking bomb to recreate it exactly what we're trying to avoid in the first place, right? So when we build defense, we built it with the intent of really creating decentralized custody from a technological standpoint. So making sure that they would be in 
our, uh, our product, no single point of failure. And today, there's few initiatives globally that are attempting at, at building uh, custody in a decentralized way. Um, most of them do have a single point of failure. So whether there are initiatives that do operate on blockchain, but all the validators are centralized. So this, I'm not going to name all the competitors, but that's a very famous decentralized custodian where actually nothing is decentralized, all the validators are with them. Uh, another one that is actually building a, a network based on the technology that is called Shamir Secret. So we can you know, uh, go in details about the difference between multi-seek, Shamir Secret and MPC, but really the major difference that people should, 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 should uh, keep in mind is that Shamir Secret has a single point of failure. It has a centralized de dealer when it actually uh, splits the key share, which MPC do not have, right? Uh, uh, and so, and so uh, this is recreating a single point of failure. And so at Defense, we really spent a lot of time in thinking, all right, what is the, how do you build sustainable, you know, decentralized custody? Uh, the spoiler is that we're not there yet, right? We're on, on the road to, 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 to uh, becoming uh, fully uh, decentralized, but the road is long and, and we need to do it in, in a way that is safe for, for our clients, right? Uh, and so it doesn't happen over time. Technology needs to adapt to the constraint of operating in the, in the decentralized way. But what we've done is starting first by making sure that all the signers that are operating the MPC, the, the distributed key generation, uh, were completely isolated from them from each other, right? So making sure they could not, uh, uh, no one could actually uh, uh, um, both have control over one signer and the other. So that was kind of the, the first step. The second step is to onboard third parties, and we're right now in 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 this step at Defense, which is making sure that. Also, from a legal standpoint, that signers are controlled by different legal entities. So people can't uh, at all uh, uh, collude, right? They're binded by contract that enable them to enable that uh, uh, enable them or, or actually uh, that uh, uh, um, uh, mandate them to uh, uh, interact in a certain way and, and not collude with uh, with the other parties. There are other additions we want to 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 improve, right, on this uh, on this decentralized network. But we believe that is, I would say, the most uh, pragmatic way and the best first safe uh, the, the, the safest first step to actually build a decentralized custody. So it starts by really making sure that you can have key share generating across different geographies, across different secure enclave, across different parties. So really creating that that um, uh, flexibility in terms of managing the key shares in an environment that are different is very important, right? Why? Because if one signers fail, the other two can take over. Because if one in one geography there's major distribution, well, you're safe because the other two signers are in other geographies where you can actually uh, keep uh, uh, accessing your asset and so you enable this business continuity. So for us, decentralization needs to fit two purposes, which is one, security, two, business continuity. Uh, and, and, and right now, we're, 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 I would say we're, we're almost there uh, uh, in making sure that we, uh, we've uh, contributed and completed that vision. If you'd like to listen to the full episode, please subscribe to our newsletter called Venture Notes, 